This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Faith in the Zone, a show about sports and faith and how the two come together in lives being touched. Right now, discover how people in sports walk in faith with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time. Welcome to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, alongside Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. Pastor, we haven't done a a show live for a couple weeks. It's good to see you. It's good to be back in the the seat here with you. Yeah, you look comfortable. You got the headset on and everything first time. I got it on quick. Yep. I mean, I'm flying You're showing off for the intern we've got in studio with us. (laughs) That's what you're doing. Normally, you're fiddling about. Hey, how was was your son's wedding? Everything was good, Kurt? That that was Keith. Keith. Yeah, that's Keith. That is all right. I know his voice. I saw the picture on Facebook of Kurt and Keith. Yeah, yeah. No, it went well. And uh, Secret Service going to go find those boys. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, uh, after we had uh, Coach Bowden on, you know, his son Terry has uh, so Keith had lunch or breakfast with Terry, and oh, that's he, good. And so he said, "Hey, Terry's looking forward to coming on the program too." Wow. So we'll we'll get. So anyway, to answer your question, it's going. It went well. Well, good. I'm, I'm glad we're uh, we're back doing shows live now, and uh, this today's show is is really going to be fun for me. Anytime we talk to a guy that was a former Milwaukee Brewer draft pick, I love that. But when you do a little research on Brian Hummel, he's he is uh, he's done a lot of stuff. He's part of the UPI staff yeah, with Tom, with Tom. Roy. Mm-hmm. Yep, he is uh, the team chaplain for the Arizona Diamondbacks, and he's an author. So we got a lot to talk about with this young man. Brian, thanks for a few minutes of your time. How are you today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man, a lot of stuff going on in your life. You're a busy guy. Yeah, it's uh, it's good stuff, though. I'm, I'm definitely enjoying what I'm doing now. Sure. Hey, can we uh, let's talk a little bit about your background and, and where you grew up. And, and I know you, uh, you played uh, college ball at Louisville, but where uh, where'd you grow up? You know, um, my parents, my dad worked for uh, a ARA, Restaurant Association Company or whatever, and so he would fix problems with college and hospital food services, those accounts. So we moved 13 times my first, I think, 10 years, and we lived everywhere from New Orleans to Chicago in between, and, and so I bounced around a ton. We ended up settling in, in San Antonio, uh, and then uh, from there we moved to Indianapolis. And then that's uh, why I went to high school there and then uh, played baseball at Louisville. And uh, that was kind of my early childhood that kind of bounced all over the place. Hey, Brian, those, uh, those, those high school coaches, when, you, when a new kid comes in, they had to feel pretty good when you showed up on the field. You know, it was funny. I, uh, my first experience playing baseball in Indiana, um, we were the two starting guys in the game, pitchers had gone and then I came in and my parents were in the stands and the fans were like, oh, they're on the third pitcher. We should be fine. And uh, so it was kind of fun being on a 
being an, an unknown and uh, that didn't that didn't take long to become known. But um, yeah, so it was a little different, especially coming from Texas with football too. Uh, I played football as well, so uh, I had a little bit of a head start on some of the Indiana guys. Not in basketball, but in football. I was all right. Did you play uh, quarterback in football? You know what? I was I was a receiver and a defensive back. I was pretty fast. So um, that was kind of, although I was a backup quarterback, but um, they I, I wasn't in their system I, apparently. But the other quarterback that we had was a good friend of mine. He did a really good job. You know, Brian, I'm a high school basketball coach, and just once, I mean, this is going to be my 35th year. Just once. You'd well, like someone to move in. I, no, I had the Keltners move in, but I want a six eight kid moving in. Never get, I mean, you know, that never happens. We you know, first day of practice, some kid says, Hey, I just moved in the area. I want to play. I just one time I want to have that happen. Yeah. Yeah, you would like to have the Plumleys move in town. Yeah. I, I had Pastor Ken's kids move in and, and, and Brian, I gotta tell you That's when a I, story, Brian. When for I another fir- day. when I for now it's right now, maybe. When they when I first met them, they said, Look, we're gonna move about a mile from your school but we're not going to we're not going to your school i said oh, okay are you can you play are you any good and the kid said man come on i said can you shoot the ball a little bit he said yeah i can shoot it and then i met their dad and he said hey it's nice to meet you my boys are not going to your school i said that's okay <laughs> many, so that's all right we're not horrible. coming to your church <laughs> and then the lord you know what brian the lord had a whole different he, oh, he now said we're all close right. friends he said brian. boys are you done playing around now let me show you my will <laughs> keltner boys are going to calvary baptist mcgivern you're going to brooks Baptist, and uh, the rest they say is history, Brian. So oh, I, I, did, I did have some good basketball players move into an area where I was coaching, but none of them are six eight. No. I want that six eight kid that jumps out of the gym. I just haven't. Yeah, I haven't found him. Hey, Brian, did you you started playing baseball at a pretty young age? I bet. Yeah, I started just you know at five, and I didn't really start pitching until uh, really until my freshman year in high school. And then my junior year of high school, I was an outfielder because I had such a bad summer that they didn't even put me in the rotation. And then, uh, and then I ended up getting into it and going, you know, I gave up one run that that season, uh, so I kind of figured it out pretty quickly. That sounds like you figured it out. He gave up one run. <laughs> he's he's lucky I wasn't out yeah, there. Yeah, hey, man, you would have <laughs> given up two at that point. <laughs> You know, Brian, I'm just I'm just talking smack. I'm only kidding. You ever get to Milwaukee and you'll meet me, you'll start laughing that I made that comment. Hey, Brian, what, how young were you when you had to make the decision whether you wanted to be a baseball guy or a football guy? You know, nowadays, as, as a high school coach, a lot of kids are specializing. So they, they're either going to play baseball, they think they're going to be a baseball player, so they stop playing other sports. I'm the kind of coach that wants kids to compete in, in, in a lot of different things. And I'm wondering, in, in your upbringing, did you play football all through high school? I did. Uh, I, that was more of a passion for me than baseball. Uh, and I'm the same way. Get, get in, experience a different, uh, different types of programs and different sports because they bring different things to the table and I learned so much from playing football and really valued my time. I ended up, I ended up uh, breaking my collarbone in the fourth game, and uh, I was going to play baseball and football um, at University of Indianapolis, just go to Division II so I can do both because I wasn't very tall. But uh, but uh, once I broke my collarbone, I came back and played the last two games of my uh, my senior year. But at that point, I was like, you know what? I just need to. I'm just going to focus on baseball. 
see where I can get the best scholarship I could get uh, doing that. So, Brian, your your mom, your dad, they were, you know, they're right there with you while you're going through all the playing all the sports. Dad, yeah, absolutely. Dad, dad giving you some advice or. Yeah, you know, um, my dad, he stopped catching me uh, about 14. Because uh, <laughs> he didn't want to hurt his hand anymore? <laughs> yeah, yeah. so it was uh, kind of a mess. But he, he'd always, he was, uh, my parents were the biggest fan. So yeah. they, I was really fortunate to have so your dad's a he's a smart guy. That's that I would have done the same thing. Stop said, No, I'm not I'm not catching you anymore. We were talking to Brian Hummel. He is former Milwaukee Brewer draft uh, pick. He's a current uh, chaplain team chaplain for the Arizona Diamondbacks. He is an author, and we're going to talk about his book in the next segment. And he's also on staff with UPI. Uh, before we have to get to a break, Brian, let's talk a little bit about uh, what you do for UPI. We've had Tom Roy on the show, and he's been just a great friend of this show and helping us get some guests. Um, if we can talk a little bit about what you do for UPI. Um, yeah, I've been on staff for 15 years um, with unlimited potential, and and uh, I do what Tom does. He's um, I, I I spend a lot of time in discipleship and counseling with professional baseball players. Uh, we go on short-term mission trips around the world and do free baseball camps to share Jesus. Uh, in the off season, I do a couple studies and men's studies out here in Phoenix during spring training. Uh, Tony Graffinino and I, who's on staff with us as well, uh, we will we'll have three different locations, and we'll have about. 200 on average, about 150, 200 players that will attend each week to those studies during spring training. So it's a really cool way for guys to get together uh, that are on a bunch of different teams. So, and then on top of the stuff for the Diamondbacks that I do. So it's um, that's been a nutshell, basically what I do. So you're full time then with UPI, is that right? Yes. yes, yes okay. Sir. Okay. Yeah. Um, kind of a sidelight, Brian. You still throwing? You still throw the ball? Uh, no, I throw. I I I I have it down. I only throw in the baseball twice a year. It's basically all my shoulder can handle. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Hey, yeah. what year were you uh, drafted with the Brewers? I was drafted in 1995. And how 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 far did you get with them? Uh, I I made it to Double A, and then in 1999, um, I I tore my labrum, my rotator cuff, and my shoulder, and that was. Uh, and I'd already had two ACL, or well, actually three ACL surgeries. My knees mm. were really bad too, so I was just kind of a walking wounded uh, <laughs> person. But um, yeah, so I, I finished it up in '99 with my last year. Yeah. Now, how, how old are your girls? Uh, I have three girls. They're 12, uh, 10, and eight. All right. So they they into softball yet? You 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 uh, playing softball with them? Oh, trying. I mean, my youngest played this year and. They all actually did really well, but my youngest is doing cartwheels during the games. So like, really <laughs> That's so, awesome. Well, yeah. So, and then my oldest was like, "I really don't want to play a sport where I have to sweat." <laughs> that is a great line. You have to remember. Yeah. <laughs> I coached girls basketball for two years at the school where my son went to. It was a small Christian school, and we were in a game. This is a big game in the conference, and there's about four minutes to go, and the game, the tie, the game was tied. There's a loose ball, and right in front of me on the sidelines, and one of their girls went to get it, and Emily Bergeron, uh, who's a girl from our church, and she went to go get it, and all of a sudden she's stopped and she looked at me and she goes she's really sweaty 
And I thought, man, how can you not laugh at that? I said, man, it's a tie score only. Get the ball. She said, she's just really sweaty, Coach. And I said, oh, that's great. Coaching girls was a whole different animal for me. I, I have to be honest with you. Um, I do. We do envy you, though. You know, our kids are are, are grown. I've got yeah. three grandsons that live across the street, but they're six, four, and two, so they're just starting out. But I know that Pastor Ken and and uh, and I really miss watching our kids play sports. Yeah. Sure do, yeah. It goes by fast, Brian. It really does. It goes by really fast. Hey, yeah. let me give you a couple ways. Um, and if you want, uh, as Brian continues to speak, if there's uh, there's uh, a couple of ways to get in contact with him or to, to follow him on Twitter at, at Homeville, H-O-M-V-I-L-L-E. And I'll just read what it says. Uh, Love Jesus, my wife and three girls, encourage professional baseball players to follow Jesus. He's a big fan of uh, the Spurs Colts and uh, University of Louisville and Acts four thirteen is his uh, is 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 his verse. Uh, when they saw the courage of Peter and John, and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men. Uh, they were astonished, and they took of note that these men uh, had been with Jesus. So, if you want to follow Brian, it's uh, it's at Homeville H O M V I L L E, or you can contact him at B, uh, Brian Homel, uh, at UPI we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some of the trips that he's taken with UPI. We also want to talk about a book that he has written, Dropping the Fig Leaves. And uh, we'll, we'll find out more about that. It's quite uh, it's an interesting title, I'll tell you that, Dropping the Fig Leaves. And we'll talk to Brian about that on the other side of the break. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Back to Faith in the Zone, a journey on how people in sports walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Bunzel's Old Fashioned Meat Market. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, alongside Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church, our special guest today, former Milwaukee Brewer draft pick 1995. He is currently the team chaplain for the Arizona Diamondbacks. He works full-time for UPI, and he's also an author, and we'll get to that uh, here this segment. Uh, Pastor? Hey, Brian, one big segment of Faith in the Zone, or important feature, is we like to talk to each guest on how they came to Christ, how they uh, know the Lord personally, and it's always exciting to us because everyone has a story of how God worked to to bring somebody or bring the message of salvation to them. So if you don't mind, we'd love for you to share how you came to Christ. Yeah, we know uh, I didn't grow up going to uh, church, uh, so... We did live in a church once in uh, St. Joseph, Missouri. It was converted into a house, so that was kind of... Oh, that, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, so my, my mom bought a uh, children's Bible because she didn't want that place to burn down on us, and then she read to us one time, I remember, and that was when I was nine. And then we moved to San Antonio, and a friend of mine from school invited me to a church camp uh, to go there for a week with him, and so my parents let me, and I didn't even know I was at a church camp until the last day. Uh, I wasn't paying attention to what was going on there, but the counselor goes, if anyone wants to ask Jesus, Jesus in their heart, you can pray a prayer with me. And that was actually the first time I heard of Jesus. So I was like, well, who is he? And he kind of shared that with me and I prayed with him and then went home and I had that children's Bible. I asked my mom for it. 
And then I read that every night before I went to bed for the next three years of my life. Mm. Uh, my parents owned some restaurants when we lived in San Antonio. And so uh, I was working in those restaurants from the time I was nine and then until 13. When I wasn't playing sports, I'd be washing dishes. And um, so I just kind of had a, a, I got really sidetracked early on in my journey. Um, I ended up uh, in a hotel room with a, a married woman at 13. She was 23 and had a couple kids and she worked for my parents. And um, and at, at that moment at the hotel, I remember being in the bathroom uh, and I stuck myself between the toilet and the tub and um, I was just bawling. I knew at that moment that God could no longer be pleased with me and, and that I was done relationship with him because of what I had done. And, and so I carried that burden with me um, for a long time. And we moved to Indianapolis, so I thought I could kind of escape that stuff. And then it did, and it came obviously with me. And But sports became my outlet, so I just dove in the football and baseball and I was all state in Indiana and in baseball uh, my senior year, and um, and then got a scholarship, a uh, full ride scholarship to play baseball at University of Louisville. So I go down there, and then uh, I tore my ACL after my after a really good I was a left handed pitcher after a really good freshman season. I pitched uh, well, and uh, going into my sophomore season, I was a train wreck. Um, looking for love in all the wrong places. I got involved in gambling with Churchill Downs. I got involved with, I had a bookie. I had, uh, I, uh, I was just a mess at the, the clubs and I ended up tearing my ACL and, and then the girl, I, uh, the stadium broke up with me and then I met another girl and at a bar and long story short, um, uh, she, I may have gotten her pregnant. I was just a mess and I called my sister up who's five years older than me and I asked her, uh, I'm in real trouble. And she's like, you need to repent. I'm like, what does that even mean? She's like, just turn to Jesus. I'm like, I'm pretty sure he doesn't want me. I've made some serious mistakes in my life. And she's like, no, no, he does. And uh, and so I just, this was in April of 1993. So I just, in my apartment room, I just started crying out to him. And it was like he, he pulled me out between the toilet and the tub that I had been stuck in for seven plus years. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, and then uh, I, I always like to share this part of my testimony because it's, really a cool thing what Jesus did here, but uh, I ended up going to that girl that I thought may have been pregnant, and I grabbed a Bible and a pregnancy test. What's out your, these are not your typical evangelistic tools. <laughs> no, <laughs> but, no, they're not. <laughs> but I picked her up, and we went to a Taco Bell and took the test. She wasn't pregnant, and I just shared with what I had learned over the last, like, 10 days about Jesus with her. And, and uh, she wrote, she was from England, and so she wrote me a letter a couple months later from England saying she was following Jesus now, and mm. I just Mm. It uh, just kind of was cool how Jesus took the took a really messed up situation and turned it for his glory, like he always does. And um, so, so that, in essence, is my um, mm. my story. Wow, Brian! Uh, thankful for you know the young man that took you to camp. You know where you yeah. you heard the first story of, or the first time you heard about Christ, and then. And that and that's the beauty of it. Of uh, the Lord never leaves us. I mean, He does spank us, uh, you know, as His children. And I, I can attest of being spanked by the Lord, but He never gives up on us. And and that's the beauty. And so your sister, uh, your sister gave you some some great uh, biblical strong words of uh, of admonition and and encouragement to to come to the Lord. And um, 
I'm certainly glad. And, and I, how's your sister today? I mean, she's doing well today. And yeah, yeah, she's doing yeah, great. Yeah. So, and then uh, I guess your your wife was she a believer when you met her, or did she come to Christ after you met her? Yeah, she was a believer. We met once I got done playing. I moved to Houston, and then I was giving pitching lessons, working at a big church as a high school youth intern pastor, and then I. And then I was teaching a singles group, and she, um, I met her at church, and um, and then we were uh, uh, married a year later. You know, I, I tell my boys, I have four boys, I say, guys, you want to get, you know, because they're, they're in Pennsylvania, Ohio, and so forth now. I said, you want to, you, you get involved in ministry, and, and you just serve God, and then all of a sudden, sometimes you just look over there, and there's a young lady running right with you, and she's serving God. And yep. that, you know, I, I said, God will, you, you don't have to go looking in the wrong places. God will bring, you know, that young lady, you know, right there where, where you're serving the Lord, too. So what a great, what a great, what, what a great testimony there, too, Brian. You know, for, for, yeah. for me listening to that and, and I'm not kidding, it, it puts tears in my, in my eyes, Brian, because there's, and I've said this a lot on the show, there are guys we've had on the show that the worst thing they've ever done is steal a candy bar. And then we've had guys like me and you on the show that if if the Lord's willing to accept us as his children, guys that have done things that, that uh, uh, you know, I'm ashamed of. And it's certainly when you were talking, I know that, uh, there's, that, that you were ashamed of some of the things that you did. And I, I thought, too, I thought I was done. I didn't think he, he I didn't think the Lord would accept me with all the stuff that that, uh, that I was doing back then. And it's it's amazing that, you know, if you fall to your knees and, and, and you ask him, he's there. He's willing yeah. to accept guys like you and I. And it's funny, Brian, because I, when you go out and speak or you teach a class like you had talked about, you come from a whole different place than some of the people you're, you're talking to. And if for me, when, when I go out and give give uh, give talks, when I open up about that part of my life, it's it, it, there's somebody in the crowd that's going through some of the stuff that I was going through. And so we, we, I think we reach people um, a little bit differently with some of the journey that that uh, that that we had. Uh, you know, we've we had Daryl Strawberry on, Pastor Daryl Strawberry, and you, you know, if 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 he's out there quoting scripture and saving you know saving people from drug addiction, and he's doing it through the Bible. Um, you know, people were just, I'm still, I still get. This was a year ago we had him on, and I still get people coming up to me and saying. Did I hear that right? It's Pastor Daryl Strawberry, and I go, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and what what a nice way to be able to talk to people about where they're at, because nobody would would think that a guy where he was would be able to to be where he's at now. So well, you know, and the Apostle Paul said he was the worst of all sinners, you know, in in the New Testament, and Christ saved him. Well, he. He actually dropped him on the road to Damascus and had that confrontation, and 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 Paul got right up and said, "What do you, what what do you want me to do?" Uh, so Brian, I, it sounds like are you a first? Would you consider yourself a first generation Christian then? Yes. Yeah, and I I was just thinking of that as you were sharing your testimony and reading uh, a little bit of uh, uh, what you have uh, on your uh, on your site about your your love for Jesus and your wife and your girls and all. And I, Mike, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe most of the people we've had on this program have been first-generation Christians yeah. that are they are really willing to get up on the mountaintop 
and speak it out. Well, it started with when we talked to Marcus Hanel, who's yeah. the bullpen catcher for the Brewers. And yeah. he, was, he was in studio with us, Brian. And he said, look, once I found out, once it, once I became a believer, I was mad that 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 I was a first generation Christian. I I wanted people before me to be able to teach me this, and and now that that I know about it, I'm getting up on the mountaintop and screaming it because I want people to know things that I I wish I knew, you know, 15 years ago. Yeah, I just did a day camp or a, a, a you know teen camp where you know for a whole week. And I asked the question, hey, any any first-generation Christians here? I mean, zero. Zero. So it lets me know Christians that are second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth generation. We aren't talking to anybody. And a, lot, a, talk. lot, yeah, a lot of times it's folks like you, Brian, that are first-generation Christians that are saying, hey, let me tell you how much I love Jesus. And you, you, have, you have those that have grown up in church that are like, uh, you can talk about that? Yeah. That's that's awesome. Hey, uh, we're talking to Brian Hummel again. Brian is a former Milwaukee Brewer draft pick. He was a, uh, a big left-handed pitcher, man. Uh, he's currently the team chaplain for the Arizona Diamondbacks, and he's on staff with UPI. He's also an author, and I promise we'll get to, to his book in the third segment. Hey, Brian, when, when you're talking to guys, um, the baseball guys outside of the locker room, and if they ask you for your testimony or you bring up um you know your your history how was that received from those guys well you know when you when you open up the closets and kind of let people into some of those dark corners of your life it does allow people to gain access to your heart and uh, you don't really know a person until you know the pain and so i'm i'm freed up because of jesus and what he's done for me to not have any shame over the past and so I'm not afraid to share that because I know a lot of people live in shame. I did that for years, you know, like I talked about being stuck between a toilet and a tub. So I always try to be open and honest with people to let them know that, man, uh, it's okay. And that Jesus, um, Jesus is, has a great love for all of us. And uh, we just need to understand that we can't look at God. And oftentimes we think of God only loves me if I do good. And when I do bad, he's angry with me. Well, that's not how he operates, uh, and we have to look at it from a different vantage point. So when I try to share my story, I'm trying to engage people into Jesus and how, what he's done in my life to encourage them that, man, they, could, they too can have this, have this great relationship with him. So it's typically received, you know, really well. I mean, sometimes it, if a guy's not ready to be open and honest, they, they might kind of run a little bit. But those that are that are and desire a relationship with God, I think they, they gravitate towards the things that I'm sharing. Yeah, and the and the beauty of it is that Jesus died for sinners, and we're all sinners. You know, no yeah. matter what what degree we are, we're we're all sinners. We're not going to reach God because of our sin. But I think too, Brian, just listen to you, your transparency. I mean, when you open your heart like that to someone, and and I mean that that just stands out that you're real. They see it, and and you. You obviously have a message that they want to hear. There's been a transformation in my life. I'm not the same person I was. You know, it's Jesus who's changed me here. 
That is powerful. I appreciate you sharing that really powerful. Hey, guys, we have to get to a break. Other side of the break, uh, just to give you a, a little preview, Dropping the Fig Leaves is a book that, that Brian wrote, and it's about living without dark corners. It's about living the way the Lord intends us, uh, us to live, naked and unashamed. Exposure is powerful and necessary when living in the presence of the Creator, but too often we think hiding behind fig leaves will make our lives more efficient and less Stressful. We're going to talk to Brian about that book. And uh, as we talk about it on the other side of the break, you can go to Amazon.com, uh, Smashwords.com. There's a number of ways uh, to find the book. If you go to Brian Hummel at UPI.org, you can also get information on it. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone, an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by All-American Window and Door. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. On this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. Our special guest, man, he's good. Brian Hummel, he's a former Milwaukee Brewer draft pick. He is on the staff with UPI and, and our friends uh, Tom Roy and the, all the people at UPI. He also is uh, currently team chaplain for the Arizona Diamondbacks, and he's an author. And I'm interested to find out where this uh, where this idea to, to to write this book. The name of the book is Dropping the Fig Leaves. And uh, Brian, how, how long ago did you write that book? Good question. Uh, I think I wrote it uh, ten years ago. It took me like two days to write it. I was locked in. Wow. Uh, and then it took about three years to edit. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that, that sounds like my English papers. <laughs> hey, uh, let, let me read one. Uh, uh, Matt Chandler, the lead pastor of the Village Church, uh, says this. Brian Hummel knows what he's talking about in this book. Not only has he experienced the, the pain of an authentic life and been set free into deep uh, living, but he daily walks and encourages men to do the same. So the, dropping the fig leaves, did give us a, a reader's digest of what the book is about. Well, it's kind of, it's partly my journey, but it's also just understanding how Jesus intended us to live with him. And when you look at Genesis 1 and 2, you see the freedom that Adam and Eve had in walking with God and, and, and engaging with him on a daily basis. And then, you know, obviously when the, when the shame and the sin hit into the the world in Genesis 3, then, you know, they cover themselves with the fig leaves, and and it's only in your relationship with Jesus, really, that you're able to fully drop those, and in essence, I even though I live in a world that has uh, is fallen, I can still have a relationship with God, in essence, be back in that presence of the Garden of Eden with Him internally, as I walk with Jesus and have peace with Him, even though I live in the midst of chaos. And so the, the, the book, in essence, is kind of helping you kind of to break free from the sin, the shame, uh, the things that have trapped you and snared you and helped you to live a life that's free. You know, I love uh, you, you talk you bringing folks and their attention back there to Genesis 3, because you're absolutely right. It was, it was beautiful. I mean, creation today isn't how God created it. I mean, 
Genesis 3 tells us because of the of, of sin, the curse and curse on the ground and so forth. And Brian, one thing I, I know you do a lot with men, and uh, as I do a lot of Bible studies with men, I, I love to ask him that question. So where was Adam when Eve was being tempted by the serpent? And I, ha- you know, I, I have more guys tell me, well, man, he was out. He was out in the garden, man. He was doing his job. He's working. I said, well, when you look at verse six, the woman, she Eve takes a fruit, takes a bite and gives to her husband. The Bible says with her. You know, so it looks like he was standing right there with her. And there was a fellow by the name of Larry Crabb that wrote the book, The Silence of Adam. And he tra- and he traced it when men were silent, when men should have spoken up. Yeah, and I agree. I mean, that's one of the reasons why we talk about Romans with the fall of man. Yeah. Uh, he should have he known better. But I look at it from a standpoint where Adam looked at Eve, because their both desire was to be in control, which is man's desire. I want yeah. to be able to be in control. and. They looked at God and said, I can do a better job of running this ship than you can. Yeah. And that's what I oftentimes deal with when a lot of our ministry stuff, we're dealing with atheists, especially when we're in uh, international circles at times. And I simply ask the question, if you were God, how would you run the world? What would you do? And, and uh, the reality is, is that the only way that the world could run and operate in a manner that was good is if God took away man's opportunity to make decisions. Yeah. Because left yeah. to ourselves, yeah. we're going to make poor decisions. Yeah, robots. Yeah, he exactly. could have the robots, yeah. Yeah, so, that's that's a great point. We're yeah. talking to Brian Hummel again. He is. Uh, he wrote a book a while back, but I find it really interesting. And uh, doing research for the show, some of the things that people wrote about it, dropping the fig leaves. Uh, you can go to Amazon.com, uh, Smashwords.com. It's a number of places. Uh, or if you have uh, you have interest in reaching out to Brian, uh, Brian Hummel. It's H O M M E L at UPI uh, dot. Org. Hey, Brian, I want to talk. This is our last segment. I want to talk a little bit about um, what you do with the Arizona Diamondbacks. And and I've, I often asked the question um, to guys that were our professional athletes, was it easier for you to walk worthy uh, inside the locker room when you were playing minor league baseball for the Brewers? Or was it easier for you to walk worthy outside of the locker room? Well... It just depends on the person, but for me personally, it was easier for me inside because I was on a team with 24 guys that didn't know Jesus, and I was their, in essence, their only real view of him on a daily basis. So I took it as these other guys were holding me accountable Mm. uh, um, to represent and be an ambassador for Jesus. Um, But it definitely came with its struggles because when I played, I was single, and and there's a lot of, you can get into a lot of bad situations. I just, I spent my time kind of not necessarily looking to avoid them, but I looked at it more as an opportunity to build relationships with these guys and try to encourage them and, and come alongside of them because at some point they're going to come to a realization that baseball is not going to satisfy their deeper longings and mm-hmm. nor will chasing women or whatever it is that they're going after. Mm-hmm. It's only Jesus. Yeah, um, Brian, Mike, and I have talked before, and I can't remember who who it was was talking to us. I had to be one of the chaplains because he said, you know, you, you, you're talking to guys who, you know, they their their wife. What do you say? Their wife's a ten. Their girlfriend's a ten. They go to the ATM machine. They yeah, get you know, so they, many zeros yeah, after that first number. Yeah, on their balance, you know, and it's like, you know, they they think, hey, you have nothing to offer me, man. I got it all. 
But you're right, Brian. It will show up. It will come up empty. Well, you know, we had, and, and speaking of Daryl Strawberry again, but he said, look, I got to a point that I thought that I had every single thing that I dreamt about as a child. I was a big-time baseball player. I had all the money I needed. I had girls. I had cars. I had properties. And I couldn't figure out why I was upset and sad all the time. And he That's could, King he, Solomon. Yeah, that That's is. That's what? You know, King Solomon. King, yeah. Oh, That's the beauty oh, of that. Yeah, because no one's ever going right. to, you know, no one's going to achieve Solomon's status. No. As far as fame, power, financially, homes, women. He, he literally saturated the world from everything that it had created to use it to try to satisfy its deeper longings. And it was only at the end of the book of Ecclesiastes did he come to the realization that without God, the sinner, life was a joke. Yeah, you're it, right. It, that's a good no point. No satisfaction there, you know. And that's the thing. It's like when we're ministering, in essence, at UPI or at the chapel, mm-hmm. we're ministering to the rich and famous who, in essence, Jesus, those are the most difficult people to reach mm-hmm. because of that very thing that you stated, that they have everything mm-hmm. that they need. Mm-hmm. But they come to realize, that's one of the reasons I love Chariots of Fire, because that there's a really brilliant line at the end of that movie with Harold Abrams running, and his teammate asked him, uh, now that you've dealt with defeat, what are you afraid of? And he's like, I'm afraid of winning because in about two hours, I have 10 seconds as he's getting ready to run the 100-meter dash for the gold medal. He's like, I have, in about two hours, I have 10 seconds to prove my existence. And if I win, what then will become of me? It's mm-hmm. like, if I win that gold medal, I'm afraid that all my dreams of achieving that, that it's not going to satisfy the deeper longings of my soul. And it's mm-hmm. a true statement. Oh, it is a true statement. You see it in sports today. I mean, no no sooner they win the World Series or the Super Bowl or whatever. I mean, now we're talking about next year, you know. I mean, and you'll hear guys, well, I just want to take time to reflect on, you know, but but next year, you know, and time, time starts going. But one thing, Brian, you said that was powerful. Man, I loved it. That you, you loved being on a team there with 24 guys that didn't know the Lord, and you were really the bridge that God put there for them to come to know Christ. And I'll tell you what, if I've had folks look at me and say, you know, man, I wish I could be in the ministry and be around Christian people all the time. And I said, well, what do you do? And they'll tell me, well, I'm in business. I said, how many unsaved people do you work with? Oh, I work with a time. I go, man, I'd trade with you right now. I mean, mm-hmm. to be with a bunch of unsaved people. And the thing about it is my son uh, is in the military. One of my sons is in the military and he always says, dad, we get mad at sinners acting like sinners. Because they're sinners, right? They, they need Jesus, and, and we get we want to get ripped off at them and get ticked, you know, because they're sinners. Well, they're sinners that need to find Jesus. Hey, I I think to be where Brian was in that locker room, I think that would be a tremendous amount of pressure, mm-hmm. because when he said, "Look, I was the ambassador," yeah, and you're out on the road, and you know what, you uh, you have a bad outing, you throw your glove, and these guys are looking at you different. Yeah, and I and I had that happen a few times, but I, <laughs> but I look at it in the standpoint of um, I, I want to be able to reflect Jesus to these people on a daily basis. So when things would go rough, I mean, I was typically the first person they would come to to talk to. Yeah, yeah. you know, and uh, and that was kind of encouraging to me, knowing that I was doing what Jesus was asking me to do. Yeah. Hey, uh, share with us a little bit. I mean, so you have some opportunities to disciple guys, Bible studies. Uh, one of our favorite stories is A.J. Ellis telling about a Bible study with uh, they're playing the Giants. And I guess both teams come in for the Bible study. And he said Buster Posey was getting up to face Clayton. And, 
And AJ just happened to comment to him, hey, what do you think about that study in Romans 6? And Buster goes, that was great. And he goes, well, I don't know. How would it? And he said, Buster had to step out of the batter's box and go, <laughs> AJ, I need to, I'll talk Romans 6 in a little bit. I need to focus on Clayton right now. So I know you have those opportunities. Both, both teams come in, uh, believers. Hey, that, or, by the way, that's Christians talking smack right there. <laughs> that's what that is. <laughs> you, hey, yeah. you you get a lot of uh, guys from 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 both teams that that come in um, when you're doing chapel with with the Diamondbacks. Yeah, so we'll do a chapel. I'll do with the home team with the D-backs first, and then I'll go over and do the, the visiting team as well, and then the umpires. So um, yeah, we we don't typically mix them together uh, just because of <laughs> because of some of that stuff. But lots of times it's funny. Goldschmidt is um, Paul Goldschmidt is. Uh, really kind of a, a unique anomaly, I think, in the game. He's, he has a real cool ability to encourage guys, and he's really growing in his faith. And he, he texted me after one of the games where I had the Giants, and he's like, hey, I'm not sure what uh, what the chapel you did with Buster, but Buster was just talking on and on about it. So, uh, good job. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> hey, hey, we only have a couple of minutes, Brian. Um, your work with UPI, can, can you just quickly give us uh, you know, one or two of the, the trips that you've been on that have been pretty meaningful for you? You know, I go to the Philippines quite a bit. Um, it's a different type of poverty because, the you know, again, in third world countries, you're, you're, we get an extra 30 to 40 years just by living in America. And, uh, you know, the, the average age is about 40 to 48 they'll die over there. The smog, the, the pollution, but the poverty. When you going over there, um, I like to take guys. Uh, Chase Anderson is with the Brewers now. Him and his wife, Anna, have been with me a few different times. We go over there and we're doing feedings and we're loving all the kids and sharing Jesus with them and doing these baseball camps. But when you go on top of Smoke Mountain, which is this 50-foot-high trash heap that people are living on top of, and you see the smoke coming off from the radiation from whatever was inside there, and uh, you and you see people in just brutal situations, mm-hmm. um, the, the reality is, is that I may not be able to – I can maybe help them out financially for a little period of time, but what I can give them with Jesus lasts for eternity. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so – uh, Philippines is a place that's dear to my heart. I go there often. I go to Mexico every year. I go to Italy a lot, which is, you know, you can't go wrong going to Italy, but they need Jesus over there as well. Yeah. And um, Yeah, they sure do. Yeah, you know, so, but those, the Philippines, like I said, is a place that's near and dear to me just because uh, I've been going over there since 1996, and uh, I love the missionary family uh, there, and they're like family to me. Well, I, I got to tell you, Brian, when when uh, when I reached out to Tom Roy and he passed along your your name and phone number, he said you're going to like this guy, and uh, you know what? He's right. Mm-hmm. I, I thank you so much for your time. A couple of ways to, to to follow Brian or get a hold of Brian. Uh, Twitter is is at uh, Homeville H O M V I L L E. Again, love Jesus, his wife, and and uh, and girls encourage professional baseball players to follow. Uh, Jesus, it's. Uh, I, I started looking at at some of his tweets. Very encouraging, and and uh, he puts up some great stuff. The other way to get a hold of Brian is uh, at uh, it's Brian Hummel at UPI dot org. And if you get a chance or you're interested in in the book that we talked about, dropping the fig leaves, uh, go to Amazon dot com and pick it up. Brian, we really appreciate your time today. Keep up the good work. All right. 
right. Thanks for having me. You bet again, Brian, you, Brian Hummel. Let's get to a break. Other side of the break, we'll uh, wrap it up. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. More now of Faith in the Zone, discovering people of sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Young Express. Back with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Well, welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Mike McGivern alongside Pastor Ken Keltner. Boy, Brian Hummel was good. Uh, what a testimony, and he's willing to just... Just lay it out there, and I, I mean, right when we started telling it, I thought, man, this guy's a first-generation Christian. He's passionate for the Lord. He wants people to know that they can know they can live with God one day. I mean, wow, that was powerful. Mike. He was great. Hey, you know, I think uh, when we pick interns at uh, at Brookside Baptist, you know, we uh, we went right to Greendale Martin Luther and got a good intern. It looks like Trevor Schmidt, who's in studio with us, an intern. Didn't know him. You know, I coach at Greendale Martin Luther just year two now. But uh, you, I know you played football at, at Martin Luther because I've heard your name enough. Um, thanks a lot for coming in. And, and how's it going so far as an intern at Brookside Baptist? Oh, it's going great. Um, I love it. It was a great move. Pastor Ken came to me, offered it to me. I've been doing it this summer, and it's a blast. Learn a lot. Did, is there like a dress code? Or something, because you guys are like, uh, if if this was TV, you know, I'd get a laugh out of this. But you guys, you guys, same pants, same shirt. You guys look good. Yeah, yeah. They they want to be like me, bro. <laughs> is, that, is that what it is? Hey, you know, he played. Uh, he he's playing football at Maranatha this year. He was at Wisconsin Lutheran. And he's transferred over to Maranatha, so he's going to be the outside linebacker. That's great. My son went to. My son and daughter both went to oh, Maranatha. Right. So, Matt, my son played basketball there, and uh, my son-in-law played a little football. Um, way back, way back in the day, as he would say. But uh, good for you. That's that's awesome. Tell us your your uh, as an intern at Brookside. What kind of things do they have you do? Um, I'm more the the tasks guy. I get told what to do, and I do that. All the other guys kind of have their own divisions, and I I get to dabble in all of it. That's awesome, actually. You know, you get to get to see all of it. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I've heard nothing but really good things about you, young man. We've, I've, I've seen you in church. Didn't know that that was you until Pastor brought you in today. And, and I can tell you, from um, three or four years ago, I started hearing good things about you and what a good athlete you are. And and some of those kids that I coached this last year, like Dakota Lee and those guys <laughs> right. over at Martin Luther and Harry uh, Henry Jensen. You know, some really good guys. And uh, they said good things about you, and, and uh, I'm sure that, that you'll do a good job at, at, at Brookside. What, what is your goal? If you're looking to the future, what, what's your thought on what you want to do with your life? Well, I've studied both missions and business. I'm not quite sure what God has been planned for me, but just keeping the door open and seeing where it goes from there. That, that's a good mix. Yeah. Right? That's a good mix, oh, yeah. Pastor. Yeah. You, you know, in fact, some missionaries that go into closed countries, they have to raise— you know, fifty hundred thousand dollars to be able to go, and they actually set up a business in that country, and so they're a businessman and also uh, an ambassador, as Brian was telling us of Jesus Christ. That's awesome. Well, Trevor, thank you for coming in today. Um, good luck with with the internship. Certainly, good luck. You're going to get on campus here in a few weeks at Maranatha. Yeah, it's and, coming uh, close. It's, Fo- football it, starts. 
Ed, you know, you, you want to be a strong Christian, but don't, you know, go hit some people, right? <laughs> yes. And then help them up and say, hey, you know what? That's all part of the game. Uh, it's nice to meet you. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you very much. You bet. Pastor, it's good to see you again. Yeah, Mike, uh, appreciate all you do and with Faith in the Zone, and it was a, a great blessing today. Beautiful. Thanks for listening, guys. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The fan. You've been listening to Faith in the Zone with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. You can hear Faith in the Zone every Sunday at 8 a.m. To find past shows, exclusive podcasts, or to contribute with an inside tip for a guest, simply go to faithinthezone.com. Faith in the Zone is an inside look at people of sports and their walk in faith. Join us again next Sunday for Faith in the Zone, right here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Was it really amazing grace? Now I know for certain, Lord, it was you that rescued me. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.